Well, good morning. Um, I am so excited to be part of your morning as you are watching Church Online, or maybe you're watching this at a different day. Uh, I don't really care, but I want to share a message with you. I hope that's okay. Um, so we are going to continue our trek this morning through Romans chapter 13. But before we dive into any scripture, I have a question that I want you to um, just think about, okay? And the question is very simple, and maybe when I ask this question, you will immediately think of a time in your life when you've experienced this. But here's the question. Have you ever experienced a roller coaster of emotions in a short period of time? So I'm not talking about one day you felt this way and the next you felt this way. I'm talking within a matter of minutes or seconds. Have you ever had this roller coaster where you're here and then you just go down to here, okay? Um, and so maybe I'll give you an example. Maybe you've accomplished something really great and you've had this moment where you're at this mountaintop experience and then you get a phone call about something terrible and you just go from here and it crashes to here, right? Maybe that's happened to you. Uh, maybe it is a... Maybe it's a sports game that you've been to. Maybe your kids have been playing, or maybe you have a favorite sports team that you absolutely love. Maybe a favorite football team. And you have this moment where you just know without a doubt that the pass is going to be complete, or the kick is going to be made into the goal, or the shot's going to be made for the basketball game. Whatever it is, you just know it's going to happen. And you go from here to this, oh, we're about to win the game, and then the buzzer happens, and it didn't happen. And so you go from here to here really quickly. I just want to share with you uh, three weeks ago what mine was. Okay, so Josh Bundy calls me. Uh, the real Josh Bundy, actually, not the one that some of us have been faked out by recently. So I get a call from the real Josh Bundy and he says, hey, Ben, um, I want you to preach. And I'm like, oh, I love to speak. You know, I love to preach. I love to communicate God's word and I'm here. And then he says, but it's over Romans chapter 13 dealing with the government. And I'm like, Oh, <laughs> so that's just my personal one. But maybe you can think of a time like that in your life, maybe recently, that you've had a roller coaster of emotions. Um, but Romans chapter 13 is an important chapter. It wouldn't be my first pick to talk about, so I want to take some things from the chapter and hopefully make them very relevant to you this morning. Um, but before we do that, I want to pray. And then I will tell you the title of the lesson this morning, and we will start. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for, for sending Jesus to die for us. Thank you so much for giving us a word that we could have a lamp for our feet, God, in a dark world to live by. I'm just thankful that you love us. I'm thankful that all the mistakes that I've made, uh, you have forgiven them. I'm thankful for your grace. And God, as much as I don't understand it, I'm thankful for Romans chapter 13 and dealing with the government because you have set government in a position for a purpose and for a reason, God. And so this morning as we dive into Romans 13 and some other text, I pray that you convict our hearts to become more like Jesus and to walk as light in this dark world. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so if it's okay with you, I'm just going to start by letting you know the problems I have with Romans chapter 13. And I hope it's okay for you to hear a preacher say, um, well, actually, I'm the youth minister, so maybe it is okay, that I have problems with a scripture, okay? So here are my three main issues. And if you want to open to Romans chapter 13 and look at 1 through 7 right now, now would be a good time to do that. And as you're looking through this text, 
I'm clearly going to point out some things that you might have issues with as well. Okay, so the number one issue that I have is this. Did God really institute some of the leaders that we have today? And I think about leaders of the past, okay? So think about people like Hitler. Think about uh, maybe the leader of North Korea. I don't know who you might think about, but we've had some pretty awful leaders, okay, throughout the history of the world that we can all immediately jump to and realize, oh yeah, they were terrible people. So I have a problem with that. Did God really institute some of the leaders that we have or have had? Oh, that's a struggle for me. Um, even if you look through the Old Testament, this is crazy, guys, but even in the Old Testament, it says that there were five good kings and 37 evil kings. Just think about that for a moment. There were five good and 37 evil, but God instituted them. So I have a hard time with that. Not saying I don't believe it. I'm saying I have a hard time with it, okay? Five good, 37 evil, ma'am. Number two, this is the second problem I have, and this is a big one. How can you obey a government if you disagree with what they're saying? Maybe this is an issue you have with Romans chapter 13. How can you obey a government if you truly have an issue or don't believe in what they're doing? And number three, maybe I can get an amen on this one. Uh, maybe you just have to type it in the chat. I'm not sure, but I don't like to pay taxes. So there's my three reasons. Did God really institute some of the leaders that we have? How can you obey if you disagree with the government? And I don't like to pay taxes. But here's the deal. In all of my things that I don't understand about Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, um, it's okay that I don't understand every detail. I think about the verse in Isaiah that says, His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. It's okay if there's things I don't understand. And just being honest, there's a lot in Romans chapter 13 that I don't get. But there are some things that I think are very clear. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. So one thing I have learned in my 30 years of life, which is a long time, is this. That... I cannot understand something and still trust God. And some of you, like, you can just tune out after this because that's what you need to hear this morning is that it's okay to not understand and to still trust. It's okay to not understand and still trust. I think about the words of Paul, right, when he says that, God's power is made perfect in his weakness. Sometimes my understanding of things is very weak, but the more I dive into it, the more I spend time in God's word, his power becomes known. His power becomes known. There are things that I do not understand, but I still trust. And I hope that's you today. I hope that you can say that. And I'll give you an example. Just two or three weeks ago, um, a hurricane hit my hometown in southwest Louisiana. And I think it was the third or fourth biggest hurricane to hit the United States of America. And you probably honestly haven't heard that much about it um, because they were anticipating this storm surge that was going to kill tons of people and it didn't happen. Um, but what this hurricane did was absolutely beyond belief terrible. And I remember going to bed two Wednesday nights ago 
and turning the weather channel on at 1 a.m. because I just couldn't sleep knowing this thing was hitting my hometown and watching Jim Cantori from the weather channel, right? As he's in a familiar location in my hometown and you're just watching debris fly by. And he said, we just had 140 mile per hour wind gusts. And I'm thinking my house that I grew up in, right? My home, everything that I know is being shredded in front of my very eyes. And that moment I was thinking, okay, Ben, you might not understand why this is happening, but you can still trust in God. And you can still trust that good's going to come from this. And I'm sure in your life personally, there has been some moment, maybe recently, where you have had to lean into the power of God in a weak moment of not being able to understand. And let me just tell you, I'm here with you. <laughs> I feel that. That is my life too. But clearly, as we look at Romans chapter 13, 1 through 7, clearly, God wants us to submit and to respect authority. And so that's what I want to talk to you about for a few moments this morning. God wants us to submit and to respect authority. I think Josh did a fantastic job last week with this text specifically. Uh, Josh is very knowledgeable. He dives into text. He researches a ton. He reads a lot of books. Every time I walk in his office, I'm really intimidated. Um, and so Josh does a fantastic job of that. And I think he broke down Romans 13, 1 through 7 last week really, really well. And so I'm going to give you three things that I hope you know by the end of my lesson, okay? Three things. If you want to write them down, great. If you want to just listen, that's fantastic too. But here are the three things. Number one is for you to understand the difference between submission and obedience, because there is a difference. I want you to understand the difference between submission and obedience. Number two is this. I want you to ask yourself, and this is a hard one, I want you to ask yourself if you are more interested in an earthly kingdom or the heavenly kingdom. I want you to ask yourself if you're more interested in the earthly kingdom or the heavenly kingdom. And number three is this. I want you to know without a doubt where your true allegiance lies. Where your true allegiance lies. So if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Acts chapter 4. Let's open up to Acts chapter 4, and we're going to be looking at a few verses together this morning, uh, verses 13 through 20. And this is, this is a fantastic story here, a great story about Peter and John and just their desire to preach because they had their eyes fixed on Jesus. I would dare to say they were fully submitted and sold out to Christ. And so they're preaching about Jesus, but then government comes in and they're like, hey, you can't do that. Okay, so we're going to look just at this story this morning because there's a ton that we can pull from it. But if you still have your notepad out from writing down the three points, maybe you want to write some of these things down too. So write down Acts chapter 4, verse 13 through 20, and then ask yourself or write down this question. Did you know that you can obey but not truly be submitted? Did you know that you can obey but not truly be submitted. So let's read together before we go any further. Acts chapter 4, verse 13 through 20. I'll read it, and I hope you're reading along at home. Um, but it says this, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. 
But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we can't deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. Did you know you can obey but not truly be submitted? So here's a few things I want you to realize. Submission is a hard attitude towards authority. Romans chapter 13 talks a lot about submitting to authority. Submission is a heart attitude towards authority. Obedience is an action. So let me say that again. Submission is a hard attitude towards authority. Obedience is an action. Submission is a surrender of control, okay? Submission is like giving up control. And some of you really, when I say that, like that's difficult for you. And you might just totally disregard what I'm saying because you feel like you can't get to that point. But submission is releasing control. Maybe this is more of an issue for guys sometimes to release control. Um, I, I like to feel and to believe that I have control over situations. But I look at Jesus and I think about his death on the cross, okay? Think about Luke 23, 46, whenever he says, into your hands, I commit my spirit, right? Jesus is saying, okay, God, I'm giving up control. Here it is. I'm committing to you, right? Okay, so submission is committing to something with your heart, Submission is a hard attitude towards authority. Obedience is an action, okay? Obedience is a deliberate choice to surrender to authority. Obedience is a deliberate choice to surrender to authority. So maybe we're like as clear as mud right now. I love this saying right here that I found online, and maybe you want to listen to this. Maybe you want to write this down because I feel like this sums it up. When we truly submit, we will be obedient, but just because we're obedient doesn't mean we have truly submitted to authority. I'll say that again. When we truly submit, we should be obedient. But just because we're obedient doesn't mean we have truly submitted to authority. And I'll say it like this. Just because you are following by action what somebody has told you to do doesn't mean your heart is there too. Ouch. Just because you follow by action what somebody has told you to do does not mean that your heart is there too. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have two older brothers. I am the, the youngest and the uh, best looking of the three of us, and I hope they're watching so they'll hear me, hear me say that. But I have a brother named Dustin, my middle brother, and I love him to death. Um, I have two older brothers, love them both, but Dustin is very headstrong, okay? Uh, he's very headstrong, and he probably got in trouble a lot. He is older than me, so I wasn't there for his entire childhood. But I love this story that my mom tells about my brother Dustin, okay? And I think it shows this, this example, this illustration perfectly. But Dustin's playing one day. He gets in trouble, which is probably pretty normal. And mom takes Dustin to his bedroom and locks the door. He's in his room, and she says very specifically, All right, Dustin, you're in trouble. Do not come out of this door. 
So Dustin stays in his room, he plays with his toys, I don't know what he does, but he starts thinking. You know, mom said, don't come out of this door, but she never mentioned the window. So I don't know if he could hear her in the kitchen washing dishes, but our house is set up this way where our kitchen sink has a window right above it where you can clearly see out. And so what Dustin does is he doesn't come out of the door. He opens the window and climbs out of the window, walks around the house and pops up right the window where mom's washing dishes and kind of gives her a nice wave. And I think it ended pretty badly for Dustin after that. But here's the point I want to make to you. He was obedient for a time, right? Like his actions, he sat in his room like he was told to do, but he wasn't truly submitted to the authority of my mom. So here's the problem, guys, is that sometimes when we don't truly submit, our obedience becomes compromised. When we don't truly submit, our obedience becomes compromised. Is that true of you? And I think about my teens in the youth group and some of the conversations that I've had with them. And I can, I can see that playing out in so many lives. I've seen that played out in my life before. That when I'm not truly sold out to Jesus, <laughs> my actions become compromised. They become compromised. And so the Bible teaches submission towards authority in Romans chapter 13. It teaches submission toward authority, but it does not teach unconditional obedience. And here's something that I really want you to take away from the lesson this morning, because it backs up a problem that I have with Romans chapter 13. The only time you're not to obey authority is when it goes against something that is contrary to the Word of God. Okay, so let me say that again, make sure that it's clear. The only time you're not to obey authority is when it tells you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God. When it tells you to do something that is contrary to the Word of God. So it's a hard issue, okay? I love Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2, and it says, All the ways of man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord examines the motives. Like all of this that we're talking about, submission and obedience this morning, it's a hard issue. The Lord examines our motives. He knows our heart. It's a hard issue. All right, so as we just dive into Scripture and we kind of take it slowly this morning, um, I want you to look at Acts chapter 4 again. Acts chapter 4 again, and we're going to look at verse 13 through 20, and there's some points that I want to pull out that I hope you will read along with me and that you will realize as we go slowly. Sometimes I feel like we can really rush through Scripture and miss some of the meat of what's being said. Okay, so let's look at 13 specifically just to start. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. I love this verse. If you read quickly over this, you're going to be like, why would you love that verse specifically, Ben? Well, let me tell you, okay? I think this verse is awesome, and here's why. Number one, the authorities come in and they're trying to intervene with Peter and John, right? I mean, Peter and John have their eyes, uh, what does Hebrews say? To keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? So let's use that as an example. Peter and John have their eyes 
fixed on Jesus. Do you know how I know that? They're truly submitted, they're sold out to Christ, and their obedience, their actions follow their submission. They're going around healing people in the name of Jesus, they're teaching in the name of Jesus, all of this stuff, right? They're sold out to Jesus, and their life reflects it, okay? But here's what I love about this verse specifically. The authorities, it says they recognized, listen to this, they recognized that Peter and John had been with Jesus. Oh, I wish I could just yell that. They recognized that Peter and John had been with Jesus, and so they couldn't oppose them. Okay, so I'm going to ask you a question that might be a gut punch. But when people look at you, and they think about who you're submitted to, who you're obedient to, do they say, wow, that person is with Jesus? Because if you're with Jesus, if you are reading his word, if you're like living your life in a way that reflects him, if you're walking in the steps of Christ, if you're trying to wholeheartedly give your life to Jesus, if you are with Jesus, that's where your submission will be. And when you're truly submitted, that's where your obedience will be. Mm. I love that verse. That's good stuff. Does your life reflect someone who is with Jesus? Okay, so I'm going to go back to my three questions I asked at the beginning, and one of them was this. Are you more interested in an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom? You know, today it is easy to get caught up in politics, to get caught up in social media, to get caught up, to get fixed with our eyes here, like on what's going on. And there's a lot going on. There's a pandemic. There was a hurricane that hit my hometown recently. Just in my life personally, there's a lot going on. But am I keeping my eyes fixed on that? Or am I keeping them fixed on Christ? When they're fixed on Christ, here's the deal, guys. You cannot understand something. Do you remember what I said at the beginning? You could be confused and not understand something, but still trust. The authorities looked at Peter and John and they said, wow, these guys have been with Jesus and we can't deny that. And I hope when people look at you, they say, wow, that person has a relationship with Jesus and we can't deny that. Okay, let's go a little bit further. I want to look at 15 and 16. It says, but when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another. So this is the government talking, saying, what shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to everyone. We can't deny it. And here's what I love about these two verses. I love to take scripture slowly. But in these two verses, I love that when Peter and John are wholeheartedly sold out and submitted to Christ, there's action that follows. And that's what obedience is. It's action. And so are you fully, wholeheartedly submitted to Jesus? And if you struggle with answering that question, I'm going to tell you this, action follows. So what does your actions, what do your actions say about your submission to Jesus? What do your actions say about your submission to the government? That's a tough question. Um, Because, you know, it's really easy for me to drive down Interstate 49 here in Northwest Arkansas and set my cruise at 78 miles per hour going to Fayetteville because it seems like if I don't, I'm going to get run over. But everybody around me has just said that's okay. 
So I'm not really submitting to the government saying 70 miles per hour is the standard. I'm submitting to what other people around me say, and that helps me determine my actions. That's hard for me to hear, and I'm speaking to myself. But here's the deal, guys. When you're truly submitted to Christ, when you're sold out to Jesus, your actions will follow. It's a clear painted picture here in Acts chapter 4 for Peter and John. So I'll keep going. I realize I'm taking a while and I don't want to do that. I want to look at 18, 19, and 20, and then I'll wrap up. 18, 19, and 20 of Acts chapter 4, it says this, So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and what we have heard. Okay, so one of my beginning questions was this. I want you to know without a doubt, if your eyes are fixed on an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom, but I also want to ask you this. I want you to know without a doubt where your true allegiance lies. I want you to know where your true allegiance lies. Because the authorities came in and they told them not to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. But that went against their true submission, which was to Christ. That went against their true submission, which was to a heavenly kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. They couldn't be obedient to earthly authority. They couldn't be obedient because it went against their true submission. And I love what it says in verse 20 when it says, We cannot help but speak. We cannot help but speak about what we have seen and what we have heard. In Romans chapter 13, there's a section, and I'm going to challenge you to go back and look at Romans chapter 13, 1 through 7, because I'm pulling parallels from there. But there's a section where it says, if you do right in the eyes of the government, they shouldn't do any harm to you. Okay, maybe that hasn't always been the case because there's been some bad rulers in the past, right? And we know even in Scripture, there's been Christian martyrs, right? But I love the fact that Peter and John say, hey, you know what? We've been with Jesus, and we've seen what he's done, and we can't help but speak about that. And you know what the government does in this situation? They say, you know what? We can't do anything to him. We can't deny it. We can't deny it. This is some good stuff from Romans chapter 13, 1 through 7, and Acts chapter 4, verse 13 through 20. I want you to understand the difference between submission and obedience. I want you to ask yourself if you're more interested in an earthly kingdom or a heavenly kingdom. And I want you to know without a doubt where your true allegiance lies. Thank you for listening. I hope that you've been blessed by this message. I hope you've been convicted, uh, not by anything that I've said, but by what the Spirit may be stirring inside of you. Pray your day's great.